Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. If you will, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 18. We're still in our relationship series If you were gone last week and you were away from uh, here, our church, I encourage you to go check out our website, go to the podcast and check out last week's sermon. We talked about family. We talked about the importance of building a strong, godly family. So if you were not here, I want to encourage you guys to go check that sermon out that was available for you last week because I really feel like God spoke to us last, uh, last Sunday and I do believe that he's going to speak to us again Today, So we're talking about relationships. We've been in the current series, Relationships, and I've titled this sermon simply today, Be a Jonathan. It's real simple. It's called Just Be a Jonathan. If you remember in our first sermon of this series, at the very end of that sermon, I talked real briefly about the story of Jonathan and David. If you look through First and Second Samuel, you'll see Jonathan mentioned several different times in that passage of Scripture. He was mentioned in First Samuel chapter 13. He was mentioned in First Samuel chapter 14 with his armor bearer capturing this outpost and killing you know, about 20 Philistines. And later on in Second Samuel chapter one, David, or uh, excuse me, uh, Jonathan dies, and David is just torn up on the inside. He's you know, he's there to pay his, you know, his respects and his homage to Saul and to Jonathan. His best friend passes away, some guy that had just stayed with him the whole time and, and just loved on him and, and was there for him throughout the whole thing. And so this morning, I just want to share with you just a few things that I feel like God's laid on my heart. Number one is this. We're all called to be a David. You're called to be a David. And what do I mean by that? We are all called to be a man or a woman after God's own heart. God has called every one of us in this room today to be a David. He's called you to be a man and a woman after God's own heart. That's what he's called all of us to do. And I know sometimes that can, can, can get twisted in our lives, but he's called us all to be a David. But understand this about being a David. It's important that you have a Jonathan in your life. We're all called to be a David, but it's important that you have a Jonathan in your life. It's important that you have someone beside you. It's, it's important that you have someone doing life with you outside of your spouse. Because we know our spouses are there for us no matter what we go through or no matter what we face, or at least they're supposed to. I, I don't know. They may not be. They say, uh, but who knows? They're supposed to be there with us when we go through things. But it's important for us to have a Jonathan in our lives. It's important not only to have a Jonathan, but it's important to be a Jonathan. It's important to have a Jonathan in your life, but it's also important to be, to, to be a Jonathan to someone. You see, someone who will support you, someone who will be there for you, someone who will make you better than what you are right now. Now, we all know that having a relationship with Jesus is that he makes us better. But you also know that God has set aside people in our life that come along this journey with us that makes us better that encourages us, that helps us to be the person that God's called us to be. So it's not only important to have a Jonathan, but it's very, very important to be a Jonathan. You see, in our world today, we're able to communicate in ways that we've never been able to communicate ever before in history. 
through text messages and emails and videos and chats and all of these things. We're able to communicate in ways that we've never been able to before. But can I tell you this morning? Our world is so disconnected. We're disconnected. We have all of this technology. We have all of this stuff where we can communicate and do all of these things. But there's a disconnect in our world today. That we've got away from the, fa- the, 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 the face-to-face conversations. We've got away from just sitting down and talking with people. You know, back in the day, there was a time where you would go and you would just show up at somebody's house and just spend hours, right? You know, you would just sit down and communicate, sit on the front porch and talk and all of that stuff. Well, that, those days are past us now. We don't do that anymore. So there's a time where, where we have this, all this communications, but we're so disconnected in our society. It's funny that I'm a, I guess I'm going to tell on myself a little bit this morning, and I hope that's okay because I, like you know, I like to tell on myself every once in a while. But it's funny how, you know, there will be times where, where I will actually physically walk up the stairs in my house and go to my daughter's bedroom and give her a kiss goodnight and tell her I love you. But there are other times where I'm like, I'm not walking up those stairs, and I'll just send her a text message. Hey, come on. Hey, baby, I love you. Good night. That's sad. I know. I know. Don't look at me. Don't judge me this morning. But I'm just like, ah, I'll just, I love you, babe. Good night. I, you know. But we've, we've lost our ability to communicate with people. Listen, I love cell phones. I love social media. But we're relationally disconnected. And what I feel in my heart today is this, is that God is calling us to be a Jonathan. God is calling us. We're all called to be a David. But along being a David, you got to have a Jonathan. You got to have somebody that's in your corner for you. You got to have somebody that's there that will help you go through whatever is going through in your life. Why is that important? Because it's important to get connected to a local church, to find and build relationships, to find a Jonathan through Sunday morning services or, or small groups or any kind of form or fashion of gathering together. Why? Because the enemy, one of the way, ways that the enemy attacks us is through loneliness. He wants, to, he wants us to be isolated. He wants us to be lonely. He wants us to be pulled away from, from other groups of people. He wants us to be pulled away from things that are going on maybe at the church or some other areas. Why? Because he wants you to be alone. He wants you to feel isolated. He wants you to be disconnected. And naturally, I know and understand that there are people that are more outgoing than others. I know that. I understand that. But I also know that even though that some of us may be introverts in our life, that don't like being around crowds or we don't like doing something out of the norm, we still need a friend. Now, we may tell you we don't need a friend, but we need a friend. We need a companion. We need somebody to to bounce ideas off with and just talk with and let them know what's going on in our life. We all need a friend. We need a deep relationship in our life. Why? Because God never planned for us to be lonely. But there are people in this building to the day that are lonely and surrounded by people. We're never to be lonely. God's, God has gifted us with, with the opportunity to build relationships. The problem is sometimes we are so isolated from those people that we don't want to go across and talk to someone. What we're, sometimes we get into the mode, well, we'll let them come to us. I'm not going to go over there because last time I went over there, they were like, they didn't act like they were, they were excited to see me, and I don't know what we expect when we go greet somebody if they're supposed to go, whoa, 
hey, thanks for coming over here. I don't know if that's what we expect, but that's not usually what happens. And so we're just like, well, last time I greeted them and they were not happy, so I'm just going to wait for them to come to me. Can I tell you, that's sometimes how we are. And we're not supposed to be that way. We're supposed to be outgoing and friendly and just talking. I know that some people are more outgoing than others. Some people can talk the ears off a brass monkey. I know that. I am not that person. I may bore you to death, but I'm not the person that's going to talk your ears off. But God's never planned for us to be lonely. I heard a funny story this week about a couple in a local church that saw a moving van across the street from their house. And the wife saw the moving van and she goes in and she makes this, this wonderful banana bread. She makes this, this banana bread and she's going to go across the street to welcome this family into the neighborhood. She makes the bread and she walks across the street and she knocks on the door and the door open and she said, Hey, we just want to welcome you into the neighborhood. She was just so, over, you know, just being friendly, you know, being Christian-like and all of this stuff. And, and the person uh, said, wow, thank you so much for your hospitality and your graciousness. And then the lady in the doorway says, this is a little embarrassing to say this, but we are actually moving out of the neighborhood. <laughs> that we've actually lived here for eight years. And you've never met us before. Wow. We want to welcome you into the neighborhood. Well, guess what? We're leaving the neighborhood. Why? Because you never even noticed that we were here. You know, that's where we are in our society today. That's where we are. And so we're supposed to be able to meet and greet and be friendly and all of these things. We need to learn to be a Jonathan. We have become a culture of isolation and, and the devil is using that to pull us away from other people. I read a quote this week by a guy named Patrick Morley who, who's written a lot of men's devotional books, Man in the Mirror and all these other books. And, and he says this, he says, Most men can recruit six pallbearers to help at their funeral when they pass away, but most of them don't have a friend who they can call at 2 o'clock in the morning when they have a problem. You see, we're really good about recruiting people to come to our funeral. Hey, come bury me in the ground. But we're not so good making friends where, with people where we can call on them at 2 o'clock in the morning when there's a problem. So we've developed this culture of isolation. People just want to be left alone. Don't mess with me. Just leave me alone. Let me come to church and don't talk to me. Don't do my, I'll just come to church and I'll head on right out after church. Can I tell you that more, this morning, that's, the, that's not the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be Jonathans to one another. We're supposed to be there to build relationships and friendships. And I'm not saying that we're not. This is not a, a message to preach against, against you. This is a message that God's talking to me as well. To be a friendly church. To let people know that they're welcome and understand that we love you here. That we're not in this for something from you. We're just glad that you're here. We just, we're glad that you're here and we want to celebrate you being here. And so, so we have this mentality of, uh, of, of we miss out on those deep relationships in our lives and we get disconnected and, and all these things are happening in our life. Think about this for a moment. Have you ever texted someone and they didn't respond to you right off the bat? And it was a little bit later that they responded to you. What was the first thing that went through your mind? Oh my gosh, what have I done? I must have made that person mad because they're not replying back to me. 
I know, I've done, I've sent a message with some money and they didn't message until like hours later. I'm just, God, oh my gosh, Lord, what have I done? What have I said? What have I, what have I not said? What have I done to make these people mad? And that's just the devil coming in. You're just doing this in your mind, thinking all of these thoughts. But we, we've learned that we need to be a Jonathan to other people. And it's okay for us to have a Jonathan in our life. Somebody that will be there and support us and, and help us in all these different ways. And so... 1 Samuel chapter 18 says this. It says, As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit together to the soul of David. I want you, if you have a pen or a highlighter, I want you to underline that statement right there. The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took took him in that day and would not let him return to his father's house. And then, and then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he had loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of his robe that was on him and, and he gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and not only his sword but his bow and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him so that Saul sent him, uh, set him over uh, the men of war, and this was good in the sight of all the people and also the sight of Saul's servant. You see, this is, a, this is an amazing story because this story comes right after one of the greatest stories in the, in the Old Testament. One of the greatest stories in the Old Testament is when, is when David goes and he fights Goliath. When he steps out on the battlefield and he begins to call out Goliath, when, when no one would step forward, when no one would, would go out into the battlefield and challenge Goliath, when Goliath was making fun of uh, Israel's God and he was throwing all these insults and all this stuff every single day, no one would step forward that day. And here comes this little, this little ruddy uh, young man that steps out on the field and he begins to challenge Goliath. He begins to challenge Goliath, and then he, then he not only challenges Goliath, but he defeats him. So you got this young shepherd boy that's facing off with this mighty warrior. And we know the story of the outcome. David goes up and he defeats Goliath and cuts his head off and begins to give God praise. And, and this is where the text picks up. Why? Because David is now talking to Saul. He's now talking to Saul, letting him know what just happened to Goliath, that he has just killed the greatest warrior in the land, that in this moment, in, in this time, uh, that I have just slain this giant that nobody would fight, and so he's excited. He's, you know, I'm sure he's got a lot of emotion going on in his life. And in this moment, Jonathan Saul is knit to David. So on the back of this exciting moment, Jonathan sees this young man who's about his age, there's about five to six years difference in the age of Jonathan and David. So he sees this man standing there in front of his father, the king. And the Bible says that his soul is knit together with David's. So much that Saul wouldn't let David leave his home. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but to me, that's, a, that's an exciting moment that, that, Dave, that Saul was so excited that what has just happened, that, David, that Saul would not allow David to return home. He basically kidnapped him and kept him in the palace and said, you're not going home. You're going to stay here with me. You see, David wasn't just a shepherd boy. We all think that we all know that he was a shepherd boy, but we also have to understand that David was also a musician. 
He was also a musician. And so when, when Saul, in chapter 16, we find that Saul has this emotional and these mental issues that, that happens in his life. And the only thing that would calm him down was when David would come into the room and begin to play his harp or his lyre. That's the only thing that calmed him down in his life. And I don't know about you, but there's, there's moments in my life where I've had times of difficulty and and the only thing that changed my mind, the only thing that changed the way I thought, the only thing that, that changed my, my attitude in that moment was putting on a good worship song and just listening to it. Because it takes my mind off of my problem and it puts it on God. So it changes everything that I think about. It changes how I feel when I put that worship music on and I just begin to hear about how God is and what God's going to do and what God has already done in my life. So it changes everything about who I am in that moment. So I'm going to encourage you, the next time you're going through a difficult time, put on some worship music and just listen to the words of that worship music and let, it, let that worship music prophesy over your life because all it's talking about and all it's speaking about is the goodness of God. And it changes the way that we think. It changes the way that we act. It changes the way that we speak. And so in that moment, Saul is being, uh, you know, he's just got all these issues in his life. And David comes in and he's playing this beautiful music. And, and, and it just begins to calm him down. It begins just to change his mind. You see, David and Jonathan became best friends. Jonathan, in that moment, makes a covenant with David. And he offers him everything that he has. You see, nobody made him do that. His father Saul didn't tell him to do that. Somebody else didn't tell him to do that. But in that moment, he made the decision to offer his best, his best friend everything that he had. You see, you have two different people who come from different sides of the, of the track. You got Jonathan who was, came from the palace, and you got David who came from the field. But in that moment, what's amazing to me is two totally different people. But they shared one thing that was amazing to me, and that is they had, the, they had the same heart after God. Jonathan was a Christian. Jonathan believed in God. And he and David had the same thing in their heart. They shared a relationship with God. So it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what side of the track you come from. It doesn't matter what happened in your life. Can I tell you this morning, God has somebody there but that, that can come alongside of you and, and to help you to be better. Jonathan helped David to be better. Jonathan helped David to become a better person in his life. They had nothing in common except their relationship with God. And what I love about this story is this. Jonathan wasn't afraid of David. He wasn't jealous of David. Even though Jonathan was going to be the next king, he was not jealous of David. He, listen, he was not jealous to know that David was going to take his rightful place on his throne. He was not jealous. He was not mad. He was not upset. Only thing that Jonathan wanted to do was make David better. That's all he wanted to do. He wanted to see David be successful. He wanted to see David overcome whatever obstacles that's in his life. And can I tell you, that's what God is calling us to be to people in our life. We want to help them be successful. We want to see them overcome challenges in their life. Why? Because we're in their corner. We're in their corner. For We're not here to get anything from them. We're here to offer up what we can to their life. And so that's what Jonathan did. Jonathan wasn't afraid. He wanted his friend to be successful. He wanted his friend to be successful in his life. What an amazing picture of what it's like to have a deep, godly friendship in your life. To where you're worried about more about them than you are yourself. To where you want to help them be, be successful in their own life. 
So we're called not only to have a Jonathan, but I want to tell you this morning, you're called to be a Jonathan. You're called to be a Jonathan in your life. So real quickly, I want to give you four things that, shut, that uh, stood out to me when I read this scripture. Number one is this. If you have a pen and a piece of paper, you can write this down. Number one is this, sacrifice. Sacrifice. You see, the first thing about being a Jonathan is this, is that you're willing to give sacrificially. In other words, you're not wanting to give just to get something in return. You just want to give of your time, of your talents, of whatever it is in your life. God has called us to give sacrificially in our life. You ever heard the phrase that 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 person would give their shirt off of their back to that person over there? You ever heard that phrase before? You probably know somebody like that. That's exactly what Jonathan did. He robbed himself of his own robe, of his own stuff, to take it off of his own self and to give it to David. That's a sacrifice. That is a sacrifice. That is living sacrificially in your life that you will take what you have and you, will, you would rather give it to someone else in their life so that they would succeed. That's exactly what Jonathan did. He, get, he, was, he lived sacrificially. You see, the first time that we see David and Jonathan meet in Scripture, the Bible says there's immediate connection. They knew that they were going to be friends. The Bible says that their soul was knit together. And the first thing that Jonathan does, the very first thing that Jonathan does besides making a covenant to David was this, that he takes off of his robe and he gives it, places it on David. But he doesn't stop there. The Bible says that he takes off his robe and then he takes off his bow and then he shares, you know, he gives him his sword. And then he gives him, this, you know, this other thing. Why? He gives him his belt. Why? Because he's letting David know, David, I am here for you. I'm stripping myself of this thing because this is who you're supposed to be. And I want to make sure that you're successful in what God's called you to be. So I'm going to take this thing off of me, which is I'm supposed to be an heir to be the next king. I'm taking it off of myself and I'm placing it on you and I'm giving it to you sacrificially. Nobody made him do it. Nobody told him to do it. The Bible says that he just did it. He was knit together to Jonathan in that moment. And he took it all off and he gave it to David. He gave him his robe. He gave him his, uh, his Bible, his sword. He gave it to his armor. Um, or the Bible says that he gave it his tunic. To give him this protection. Why? Because he wanted David to succeed. But not only that, but he says, I'm going to give you my sword and my bow, which represents strength. I'm going to make sure that David has a sword because he's a mighty warrior. He's going to go out and he's going to slay giants. He's going to go out and he's going to take down the Philistines. He's going to do all of this thing great for God. But then it says this. He says, the last thing he says, I give him my belt. You see, when you put on your wardrobe, the last thing that you normally put on is what sometimes is your belt. Because that's what finishes off everything. Your belt is what holds everything together. And if you look in Scripture in the New Testament, it talks about the armor of God. It talks about the belt of truth, which is the truth that holds everything together. That, that's what we, that's when, when, when we begin to fail in our life is that we get away from the word. We get away from the truth. And the belt of the truth, it holds everything together. So what Jonathan was telling David was this. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to help you to hold everything together when things are, begin to fall apart in your life. I'm going to be there for you. I want you to know that I'm giving you everything. Sacrificially, it belongs to you. It's not mine. It's yours. I'm going to give it to you. It's the armor of God. That, they, that uh, Jonathan gave David that day. 
Jonathan sacrificially gave David everything that he had. You see, being a Jonathan means that you're willing to give even when you may never get it back. That's, that, that's a sacrifice. When you give to someone knowing good and well that you probably will never get it back, that's a sacrifice. But you still give it anyway. That's what God's called us to do. We're not called to give just to get, but we're called to give and walk away. And then let God take care of our needs, not someone else. Be a Jonathan to someone. He gave sacrificially. You see, Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 says this. It says, Who, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. We got a little, somebody's uh, phone's going off there. <laughs> yes, Jesus, we hear you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You see, in that, in that scripture this morning, it talks about Jesus giving sacrificially. You see, Jesus went to the cross knowing that you and I would never be able to repay him for what he did for us. That's sacrifice. He went to the cross knowing that we were sinners, knowing that we would never be able to repay Him with everything that He ever does in our life. That's sacrifice. And that's what Jonathan gave David was that day. He says, David, I'm here. I'm going to sacrifice everything for you to watch you succeed. That's what being a Jonathan is. Number two is this. They have the same mission. One of the reasons why Jonathan and David hit it off so quickly is that they shared the same goals, that they had the same heart, that they had the same values. They were both warriors, and they both loved God. They had the same mission. You see, Jonathan and David were both interested in defeating the Philistines. Each of them wanted to see Israel succeed. Each of them, wanted to ha- uh, each of them had stories of famous courage that they displayed. You see, we all, all know the story of David and Goliath. We talk about it all the time. But you see, there's a, there's a scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 14 where it talks about Jonathan and Jonathan's armor bearer. And it says that they cross across this, these rocky cliffs in between these two mountains. And Jonathan looks at his armor bearer and he says these words. He says, perhaps the Lord will help us. He says, nothing can hinder the Lord. He said, he can win a battle with, with many warriors or just a few. Now think about that. Jonathan is telling his armor bearer that we're going to go across, that God is going to help us, that if he chooses to bring a lot of people or he only chooses to bring few, God is going to defeat the Philistines. He's going to get credit for this. So David was on a mission to, def- or excuse me, Jonathan was on a mission to defeat the Philistines. And then his armor bearer, says back to Jonathan, he says this, he says, do what you think is best. He says, I'm with you completely, wherever you decide, or whatever you decide. His armor bearer, the one that was there to carry his sword, the one that was there to be there for him, looks at him and says, wherever you go, I'll go. Whatever you do, I'm there. You're not going to get away from me, Jonathan. I'm here to the very end. I will fight to the death with you because I'm your armor bearer. I'm your friend. I'm your companion. 
They had a mission. You see, Jonathan had a mission just like David did. And in that moment, they go and the Bible says that they defeat about 20 Philistines in that moment. Why? Because Jonathan and David, they shared the same heart. They shared the same courage. Israel was God's people and they wanted to see Israel rise up from under the the Philistines. See, Jonathan and David were looking in the same direction. They were looking in the same direction. They were like, we're going to go this way. David, I know you're going that way, so guess what? I'm going to go with you. You're not going to be there by yourself. You're not going to do this thing on your own, but I'm, I'm right there beside you. We're going in the same direction, so they had the same mission. You see, when we're willing to be a Jonathan, we are willing to help someone reach their full potential in what God has called them to be. That's what being a Jonathan is, is helping that person to reach their full potential in whatever God has called them to be. Mission. Number three is this. Emotion. I talked about this as we were, as we were praying this morning. Sometimes we're afraid to show our emotions. Amen, Pastor. See, you want, you, I, just amen, Pastor. We're afraid to show our emotions sometimes. Why? Because it makes us look weak. It doesn't make you look weak. It just makes you look real. And that's what people are looking for, is realness. Listen, some, in, in church, I know that sometimes that there's times to be quiet, but can I also tell you this? There's times to be excited and let your emotions come forward because it's part of who you are. When God saved you, He didn't take your emotions away from you. He saved all of you, which includes your emotions. So it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to cry. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to do that things, those things in church. Why? Because that God is who that God has done incredible things in our life. But so many times we're afraid to show our emotions because we don't want to look weak or we don't want anybody to think that we're weird. Well, guess what? You're already weird. So am I. So just let it come out. Let your weirdness come out. It's okay. An emotion. You see, can you imagine how hard it was for Jonathan? to watch David go through the stuff that he went through. He was, con- he was connected emotionally to David. The story is not just in chapter 18, but it goes on into chapter 19, and then also in chapter 20. And then in chapter 23, I spoke about it a couple weeks ago, where, where we find Jonathan going to David to help him find strength in God. So they were emotionally connected to one another. They were there for one another. They didn't separate their emotions from this moment. They were connected in their emotions. See, Jonathan understood how taxing it was on David. That David was running for his life. That David was trying to stay away from Saul because Saul was trying to kill him. He knew how hard it was. He knew that David was struggling. So Jonathan says, hey, I'm here with you. I'm emotionally connected to you. We're going to get through this, okay? Everything's going to be okay. They were connected in their emotions as well. In chapter 20, in verses 40 and 41, it says this. It says, And Jonathan gave his weapons to his boy and said to him, Go and carry them to the city. And as soon as the boy had gone, look what it says next. David arose from beside the stone heap. And then it says, He fell on his face to the ground and he bowed three times. Can you see that this morning? An emotional moment. 
to where David is hiding behind these rocks and, and Jonathan is standing there and David arises up from this rock heap and he falls down and he begins to bow down in front of Jonathan three different times. And so there was an emotional moment there in that moment between the both of them. And then it says this. It says, and they kissed one another and they wept with one another, David weeping the most. Can I, when I read that, I was like, man, two men kissing, that's kind of weird. But you got to understand that culture at that time. That's how they greeted one another. They would greet one another with a kiss. And so they were emotionally connected in that moment. They greeted each other in that moment. They were knit together. Jonathan saw the hardship that David was facing. And it was a very emotional time for David. But it was also an emotional time for Jonathan. Because he watched his friend go through difficulty. But he was there to see it through to the very end. You see, when you have a close relationship with someone, when you have a deep, godly relationship with a person, and when you watch them go through difficult times, what happens to you? You hurt. You suffer with them. Why? Because you're connected to that person. You love that person. You're emotionally involved with that person. And so when they go through difficulty, you yourself hurt as well. And that's what Jonathan was doing. He was hurting because his friend, his best friend, was running for his life and he was going through challenges in his life. But Jonathan says, I'm here to the very end, David. You're not going to get rid of me. When I said, when I gave you my robe, when I gave you all of these things, I was giving you my life. I want to be a Jonathan to you, is what he was saying. I will be there for you. So when we have people that are close to us, when they go through difficult times... We hurt. It's just an emotional thing sometimes. And the last thing is this. Loyalty. Loyalty. You see, what I find fascinating about this story between these two godly young men, from the moment that David met Jonathan, from the moment that their soul was knit together, they stayed loyal to one another. They stayed loyal to one another. Even up until David, uh, Jonathan's death, they were loyal to one another. You see, we're all called to be a David. We're all called to be a man and a woman after God's own heart. But listen to me this morning. We're missing something because we're missing a Jonathan in our life that completes us, that helps us, that will sacrifice, that will give that will be emotionally connected to us, that will be there for us when we go through difficult times. David would have never got through that moment, yes, I know with God's help, but he had somebody there that he could physically see which helped him get through those moments in his life. So God's calling us to be men and women after God's own heart, but he's calling us to have a Jonathan, but more importantly, he's calling us to be a Jonathan. Do you understand that this morning, how important that is for all of us in our life? To have a Jonathan, but to be a Jonathan. And too many times what we do in our life is we point fingers at them where they're not doing what they need to do. They're not, supposed, they're not doing what God's called them. What about you? What are you doing differently? What are we doing differently? What can we do to change the situation? What can we do to make the atmosphere a little bit different? We can't blame everybody else because sometimes the problem lies with us. 
because we're afraid to get emotionally connected to someone. We just want to come to church and, and do our thing and we're, all, we're gone. Listen, that's where we mess up because we don't build relationships with other people and we get lonely and we get isolated and the devil comes in and starts doing all this stuff to us. We're called to be a Jonathan, but we're also called to, be a, uh, to have a Jonathan in our life and to be a Jonathan. You see, most people go into a relationship to receive something from it. There are people out there that will, that will look for relationships just to receive something from that relationship. In other words, I'll do for you if you do for me. Right? I'll do for you if you will do for me. And God hasn't called us to be those types of people. He's called us to, to, to be a sacrifice for others. And to give in moments where God's called us to give. To watching that person succeed in their life. You see, some people will only stick with you until it's beneficial for them. And then when it's over, they're gone. They're gone. When it's not convenient for them, when it's over for them, they're gone. See, that's what they call a disposable relationship. A disposable relationship is when you've gotten what you want, and then you're gone. Because you were really in it only to get something for yourself, not to help anybody else. And that was never Jonathan's intent. Jonathan's intent was, hey, I'm going to give you everything, David, because you matter to me that much. You matter to me that much. You see, we're never called to use people. We're called to serve people. We're never called to use people. We're never called to get from people. We're called to serve people. And that's what Jonathan did. He served. He gave to David in that moment. You see, G Jesus showed us that in his life, that we were called to be a servant just like he was. If you would, stand with me this morning. I'm going to read two scriptures this morning, and we're going to close out in prayer today. But Matthew chapter 20, verses 28 says this. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. You see, a covenant relationship, it takes work. But a disposable relationship doesn't take work. When it's done, it's done. What have you done for me lately? That's how sometimes we live our life. Well, I'm not going to do because they've never done for me. And that's not the type of attitude that we're ever supposed to have. You see, Jonathan chose to be loyal to David. He chose to protect him from his father. He chose to go and to pray for him when he was in distress. But then I thought about a guy in the New Testament who also did the same thing for us. And his name was Jesus. Jesus cho chose, chooses to be loyal to you. Jesus chooses to be your friend. Jesus chooses to protect you. Jesus prays for you. He comes to your aid when you're in trouble. He, cho he chose to go to the cross for you and I. So when you think about Jonathan in the Old Testament, you see a picture of Jesus in the New Testament because he chose to do all of those things that Jonathan chose to be to David. He sacrificed his life. He was there when troubles are, ha are happening in your life. He wants to be there for you and watch you succeed in your life. That's what Jesus is to us. He is our Jonathan. He is our armor bearer. He is there for us when we go through difficult times. So he's called us not only to be a Jonathan, but to have a Jonathan.
Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 says this, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Loyalty, when someone will see it through to the very end, no matter what happens in our life. God's called you to be a Jonathan. He's called me to be a Jonathan. That should be the picture of the church, is to be a Jonathan. Be a Jonathan. I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice of all time. The one who loves you when you're unlovable. The one that stands in your corner and cheers for you to watch so that you will succeed. The one that gets excited when things begin to happen in your life. That's Jesus. So that's what the church is supposed to be, to be excited when things happen in people's life. Not to be jealous, not to be upset, not to go, well, why is it happening to them and not happening to me? But to be excited and just keep trusting in God, saying, God, here's my life. I'm just going to keep trusting in you. Be a Jonathan. Find somebody that you can bring alongside of your life. Well, pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older now. It doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. Age is just a number. There's a lot of wisdom there that you can input into someone's life. There's a lot of knowledge that's there that you can input in someone's life to help them succeed and to be better in their life, to be there and pray for them and to love them. So I don't know where you are today in your life. I don't know how you've been hurt by people in the past. But can I tell you, it's time to let that go and to focus on what God wants you to do today. You see, we had an incredible talk yesterday with Laney as we were driving back yesterday. You see, we can't control tomorrow. We don't know what the future holds, but what I do know is who holds my today. So I will trust in the Lord today and I will worry about when tomorrow comes. Sacrifice, mission, emotion, and loyalty. Those are four things that Jonathan had towards David that he's calling the local church to be to the community. Father, I love you today. Here's what I want us to do this morning. We're going to come together in the middle right here like one big family. So if you're on the right and the left, make your way to the middle right here and we're going to hold hands and we're going to pray don't you just love it when I go when I ask you to hold hands with a stranger it's just so amazing so come on let's come together in the in the middle and just let's just pray for that person standing beside us on the left and the right because you don't know what they're going through you don't know what's happening in their life you're like, well, pastor, I can't be a Jonathan. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. We can all be a Jonathan. We can all be that person that's in another person's corner cheering them on.
to help them. So pray with me this morning. Father, we love you today. God, thank you for the local church. God, something that you orchestrated, that you put together, Father, to come together and to build relationships with one another, God, to be in each other's corner, God, to be a Jonathan with one another, God, but also for us to to have a Jonathan in our life. God, that's what the local church looks like, is building that relationship, that covenant relationship that says that I will be there for you. That yes, I may mess up and yes, I may fail, but I'm going to be there for you. I love you. I want to take care of you. I want to see you succeed in your life. So God, all across this room today, Father, I pray that new relationships would be built in this room. That people would learn to know one another, not just on Sunday, God, but through the week. Just as you did for us. God, you choose to love us. You choose to pray for us. You choose to protect us. And God, that's what you're calling the local church to be in the lives of others. So today, Father, may we leave this place encouraged to know that no matter what we've gone through in our life, God, you know where we are right now and what we need. And you will supply our need according to your riches and glory. And we thank you for that today. And we give you glory and honor and praise. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.